Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 8, incidental episode. Dan Waters. Hi there, welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Leonard Sultana, and uh, each and every episode we uh, talk con culture, comics, and all the stuff and nonsense we get to enjoy at the events when they do run throughout the course of the summer, which obviously conventions are on hold at the moment. Uh, but uh, the thing that that has allowed us to do is uh, talk to some great comic creators and um, people in the industry about things that they've been up to throughout the course of uh, the uh, the global events that have been taking place. As always, this is an open uh, forum, which means it's all up to you as well, welcoming people to uh, join us on the show. Uh, saying to hi to Toby Totalino, good morning, he, he says. So obviously watching from uh, uh, across the seas, welcome along to you, Toby. As always, any comments, any questions that you have for our uh, guests, do let us know. We usually broadcast, of course, on a Sunday, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT. But we like to do these incidental episodes, uh, drop-in shows where we get to talk to some really cool people outside of the uh, the usual uh, Sunday schedule. Uh, it's either down to whether they have something special they want to talk about or if it's just someone that perhaps uh, we would like to just speak to and they're unable to join us on the Sunday show. This is somebody who um, has been wanting to talk to us and I've been wanting to talk to him, them for a while. Uh, purely because um, it's somebody who I have an enormous amount of respect for. Um, if anything, I, I own his books. I mean, here's Lucifer, uh, one of the books that uh, he's done. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, the, he has a unique voice and a unique, unique style, and it's great to welcome uh, Dan Waters to the show. Hello there, Dan. How the devil are you, sir? Hello. Yeah, good. How's things? <laughs> Not too shabby at all. I mean, usually I would ask um, the, the three questions on the Sunday show, which is uh, usually involving uh, like your convention history and, and stuff. But uh, as this is an incidental episode, it's kind of like it's one of those freewheeling jobs. We can kind of go into all sorts of uh, uh, questions and uh, comments. I mean, to be fair, uh, one of the first questions I ask is um, what cup of tea you're drinking or what beverage you have. I've got my two pints of orange because I know this is going to be um, a, a great show and I want to stay well well hydrated for it. Um, you got your uh, beverage to hand? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on black coffee. 6pm um, black coffee, which is a sign that everything's going <laughs> well, well yeah, usually. Something right? like that. Um, how are you in terms of uh, lockdown? Where can we find you in the country at the moment? Right. Uh, I am London um west london so uh yeah tier two um, in theory in theory uh it, yeah no i, I put my head out earlier and it was mm. um, all very busy um so yeah it's been a it's been an interesting interesting year so far and it looks like it's going to be an interesting year for, for the next couple of Indeed. months as well i mean how has been how's been your summer um certainly in terms of uh, keeping creative, keeping busy. I mean, we were talking just before we came on air um, about uh, how uh, the, the certainly the, the lockdown uh, of the industry for a, a large period of time um, affected a whole bunch of uh, creatives uh, wanting to get books out there. 
Um, I mean, what was your summer like? What what were you up to? Yeah, I mean, it was. It really did throw everything for a loop. I won't pretend it didn't. Um, like um, homesick pilots and the picture of everything else, just to get that plug in there, like real early. Um, <laughs> they were they were both supposed to come out at some point during the summer. There was, I think, it was like August and September. They were originally going to be scheduled for. Um, and now they're both landing in December. So it's been that kind of year. Um, yeah. But it, it's been interesting. I mean, yeah, lockdown or, or the sort of industry lockdown definitely. Uh, it, it killed a few projects I was working on, but a few things seem to have come out of it at the other end that are really interesting, exciting things that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. Um, so, yeah, trying to... Trying to silver lining at least yeah because a lot of creatives that I've, been, I've been speaking to um it's either gone one of two ways it's either been people that have um found the restrictions almost freeing in that they are given a, 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 a kind of focus um that um okay i'm here in this room there's nowhere i can really go there's no trips i can make it's something i can just nail down and just drive through and get um some things down either things that you know, i've already got planned or even my own projects moving forward i've been we, obviously we've been seeing a lot of kickstarters going up people have been wanting to get stories out then there's the other side where it's really is a case of swimming through treacle um just mentally just trying to uh, kind of get through things where where have you found yourself probably somewhere in the middle it's been a bit of yeah. both um there was definitely a bit of it definitely made me reassess creatively a few things that I was doing and a few things I wanted to do. Um, like, for example, like Danny and I have decided we're going to put the brakes on Coffinbound uh, over at Image and do something else. Um, just because we've just done eight issues about death and the nature of death and how we respond to death and it's a dark book like every time we dive into the research for it it's a dark it's it sort of goes to dark places and it's it's all about dark subjects and it just felt at a certain point this summer like it was becoming a little superfluous <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's, maybe there's something else to talk about um so i'm i'm exceedingly proud of the book as it is um but yeah, it's made me sort of pivot creatively, I think, um, just because I think times like this, like where, you know, um, these are certainly the sort of darkest times that, that, that I've lived through thus far, um, just, just as a global sort of, um, uh, you know, situation. On a, on, a, on a holistic level, yeah. Yeah, um, so I think that's what, you know, we need those sort of, campfire tales to keep us going we need to sort of have uh stories to to not just to get us through it's not just about the escapism but to there's there's things that are changing and things that are changing faster than i think we've seen in a very long time so i i think we're going to see an explosion of escapist creativity um so the the uh, the, uh, the other side of this i mean it's like you say there is that element of um <laughs> reality is just a little bit too real 
for a lot of people. And I think everyone's just going to want to kind of just, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of bright colors next year. I think we're going to see a lot of, even in the dystopian stuff, I mean, we can talk about uh, somebody who's actually watching at the moment. We've got Alex uh, Packnadel saying hi. Hi, Alex. Um, <laughs> long, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, he's just had Giga come out uh, this week, which is a dystopian future, um, but it's a bright. It's, it's a it's a beautiful looking um, yeah. book, and it's very bright. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of those. I think we're going to see a lot of kind of um, <laughs> please God, can we have some kind of brightness to look forward to? I mean, there's I saw the trailer today for the new Michael Bay uh, thing, uh, which. Right. And I just, I, uh, it's called Songbird, uh, which is uh, based 20, uh, sorry, four years in the future. The lockdown's been going on for four years, and I'm just going, dude, <laughs> dude, really? Um, I just can't see how there's going to be an audience for that right now. I just don't see it. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Um, it's just all-encompassing. So I think any kind of world, any kind of fiction where where we're not having to deal with things that we're all having to deal with every single day at the moment is it feels pretty pretty liberating. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think you'll get a bit of both. I think you'll get a lot of where I think we'll also see a lot of stories with themes of isolation, probably themes of boredom, which I think is probably going to be. Interesting. <laughs> um. And just sort of, uh, yeah, I think I think we've, we're hitting a point of terror fatigue, where we can't. Yeah. A lot of us can't. Just you just get bored of being scared at a point. Uh, yeah, and I think, I think we're seeing a lot of. Uh, I think that's where a lot of the frustration is coming from as well in people. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, certainly for the uh, the Americans as well, because. Uh... They've got they've got a chance possibly of seeing some light at the end of the tunnel next week, but uh, oh, it, right, right now it, right now it's feeling very case of uh, dragging everyone's bones over the the finish line. It's 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 it's, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, yourself uh, and the the work that you have done, I mean, just in case anybody's watching and may not be too familiar with your work. I mean, I showed Lucifer there. And the, the great thing about that book was it was, um, I mean, it was like, it was issue nine uh, when I saw you last at uh, Thought Bubble. And uh, I believe it was um, like a year prior, uh, I saw you at MCM Expo for um, a panel on the White Nose Studios uh, with yourself and Alex and the, the rest of the guys. Um, so I'd seen how you had, um, taken on the, the Sandman universe and kind of um, really embraced that storyline and uh, what you'd done with the, the, the characters. Um, so just so people can kind of get a bit of background, if you can give a little bit of an introduction, certainly in terms of the books and um, things that you've been um, involved in up to this summer. Uh, up to this summer? <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Uh, uh, let's see. I, so I, I started, my first graphic novel was with Casper Wingard. Um, it was called Limbo, um, which we did through Image, um, who we actually got like, picked up at Thought Bubble. Um, 
they were doing open sort of portfolios at Thought Bubble, and we 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 pitched them um, pitched them that. Uh, after that, I went on to do Deep Roots at Vault, and then yeah, I spent I've spent the last two years writing Lucifer at the Sandman Universe, um, which has been was a hell of a two years like writing writing about the devil every single month for uh, for two years straight. Um, <laughs> don't know, I don't know what that's done to me. Uh, <laughs> and then, well, I mean, uh, it was it was when that project was announced, um, and it was such an incredible lineup to be uh, part of. Um, but then to see how it has been treated by DC um, in the, the the wake of its cutbacks and uh, the way that uh, the Sandman universe has been paired back. Um, I mean, how was how were you treated, and how? was the relationship with you with dc while you were doing that book um my relationship with dc is like my, with my editors there on that book like they all loved it and they all fought for us every every step of the way um i mean yeah there was there was some pairing back which was to my understanding sort of based on just trying not to overwhelm the stores as as uh, things came back from lockdown you know when monthly comics hadn't been coming out for for a good while and they had to sort of cut back on certain things and the fact was that our runs were you know we were sort of we sort of locked in for for the first year and then the second year and it was sort of coming to a sort of natural end on those books um you know cat had moved on cat cat um howard who was doing uh books of magic she'd moved on to write uh write her write her novel Nalo hawkinson who was doing uh house of whispers who i co-write some of that with um she she had like a novel contract she had to she had to move on um, Sai was moving on to Hellblazer. Um, so those books were all kind of coming to this sort of natural end. Um, so I think it makes, it made sense for them, to, for those to be the things that got paired back on. Lucifer was a little bit behind schedule-wise in that not, it was coming out on time, but it, it started behind the other books. Um, so we, yeah, so our, our editors basically um, fought for us to get all of the whole the whole story finished uh so we, we're releasing the last trade even though it didn't come out in singles the last trade's coming out in february uh which is very much an end of the story it's very much um it loops back around um which is what our, our lucifer was always all about um so yeah uh the roughest year for everyone the roughest year for i think everyone creatively everyone on those teams um but we got to finish our story, which is, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, you can't ask for much more. Yeah. How, how was it to write that book? Um, I mean, you said there just uh, that writing about the devil uh, on a, a monthly basis was something that could quite easily take its toll. Um, I mean, when I spoke to you at Thought Bubble, you were st it was something that was still very um you you were it was it was bubbling you could really feel that there was some real energy and you were really excited about it um how did that so like keep continue throughout the course of the run of the book yeah no, i loved it i loved um i loved the just the nature of that book um and just sort of taking lucifer and trying to incorporate every sort of devil myth uh, and every piece of devil folklore that we could uh, and seeing how that sort of fit into that version of Lucifer um, 
yeah, it was it was amazing, and just like the, the, the sort of research paths it led me down into all these weird little old stories and superstitions and things like we leaned a lot i think we leaned a lot more on superstitions than um previous iterations have um they're sort of like old european stories like uh like that um if you want the devil to appear um he's the protector of cats so if you roast a cat on a spit the devil will appear <laughs> uh, but i'm not quite sure why you would test that because <laughs> the idea that this is how you would summon the devil, but you would summon him because he'd be pissed off. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Just like digging into all that kind of stuff, um, all, all the sort of avenues that book let us take and writing a book with a near omnipotent main character um was always an interesting challenge. It's always you always had to find had to find ways to make him uh, make him struggle, make him suffer. Because that's what I mean. What else do people want to see the devil do? <laughs> oh, well, to be fair, the the Sandman universe does a really good job of doing that to Lucifer. Um, it kind of likes likes to stick him in the corner and uh, uh, see see how he reacts. Um, oh, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it's cool to sit here that the, the book is coming to trade uh, in February. So that's really uh, exciting to, to see. Um, but then we can also talk about the upcoming projects that you've got uh, uh, lined up. I and mean, you've, you've made, uh, talked to me about uh, two that you've got coming. You've got uh, um, Homesick Pilots, uh, which I believe is for uh, Image. And then yep. you've got um, the picture of everything else through Vault. Um, yep. Which one would you like to start on? Quite frankly, because uh, I mean, I've got um, some images of uh, homesick pilots that we can get into, but all I've got from um, from yourself is the picture of everything else. Which, to be fair, I'd like to talk to you about because that is one of the best titles I've heard <laughs> for a long time. Vault is all. Uh, we, I mean, we've got an episode coming up with the Vault guys um, on a Sunday pretty soon. Um, they are a stunning label um, to support creators. Um, so I think the, I mean, the question I'm going to ask, not only for homesick pilots, but also a picture of everything else. Why did you go for, uh, these titles to these particular, um, homes? Uh, good question. Um, I like to get one in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, homesick pilots was always going to be an image. Um, that was me and Casper, uh, we did our first book together we did our first comic together um you know our first create our own comic anyway um and we uh you know we loved that world we always talked about coming back to it we i mean we did that but we did that book. we had we had no idea what we were doing we were just um we were just making stuff we didn't know anyone in the industry we didn't have any sort of uh real like realistic <laughs> Um, ambitions we sort of we thought well we'll just make it until until we can't make it anymore <laughs> uh, so we had these you know we sort of built out the world and we had this, these huge sort of ideas about about what it was going to do which were probably unrealistic for a first series um but we've always talked about returning to it we've always talked about returning to that world for something else and that is not what we've done at all um but it was where we sort of started it was 
we we've been doing different things. I've been doing stuff at DC. Casper's been doing stuff at Marvel. Um, and it sort of we sort of hit a point the end of last year where we were like, okay, I think it's time for us to come back together and 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 do something new and maybe return to the world at Limbo. Um, but when we started talking about what turned into Homesick Pilots, uh, we just got far more excited about this, and it didn't need any of that sort of connection and, and things. But it, it's definitely a sort of an evolution of who we were as creators then. Um, and we did that book with Image. That was our sort of first... Um, that was how people first ever heard of us. Um, so, yeah, we, we didn't ever really talk about taking it anywhere else. Uh, we knew we wanted to do that at Image. Um, whereas the picture of everything else, um, Vault wanted to do, because we did a first wave of white noise books at Vault, um, which was Deep Roots, which I did with uh, Val Rodriguez and Trina Farrell. Um, there's these Savage Shores, which you might have heard of. Um, Fearscape, you might have heard of, and Friendo, um, all spectacular books by the White Noise guys, uh, the rest of the White Noise guys. Um, and after that, Vault came back to us and said, would you guys like to do another wave of books? Uh, and we said yes. Um, so the picture of everything else is with Kishore Mahan, who's an amazing um, Indian artist. Uh, he was one of the artists on Black Mamba uh, with with Ram, uh, which was Ram's first um, first kickstarted thing. Um, and he and I have been talking on and off for probably two years about getting a getting a, there it is about yeah. getting a there's his art yeah. Um, and we had this we had this horror western thing um, that I would still like to go back to, which which was really good fun and we we'd sort of made up the pitch for that uh but then the idea of the picture everything else came to me and i just uh, literally as the idea came to me i i watched up kishore uh, and i was just like hey what do you think about this idea um and he loved it so we just well, tell of... you what, for people who are watching give us the elevator pitch um yeah. the picture the picture of everything else the picture of everything uh, else. This is, this is where every single creator every single time i ask that question every single one go God. Okay. Fine. Let's try this. Let's let's go. Because we've all got about sixteen elevator pitches for each book. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You're making me choose. Um, the picture of everything else is about the man who painted the picture of Dorian Gray, uh, and what he painted next. Um, so he painted this immortal painting. Um, this he painted this man who who did not age and did not. Uh, in which the picture took on his sins rather than his uh, his features. Uh, and now he has uh, expanded his scope. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a historical thing. It's really, it's about the beginning of the 20th century. Um, it's set, the first issue set in um, 1899. Uh, and we sort of take it forward from there. Uh, and it's about the sort of death of that age, um, which is also when Oscar Wilde was, uh, you know, he, he died in 1901, I believe. Uh, so very much the end of one era and the beginning of another. 
um, with lots of grisly murders happening through painting. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, is this a limited limited um, story, or yeah, is it, it an ongoing? It's, it's a five five issue story. Uh, Homesick violence is ongoing. Um, Picture everything else is definitely like a, it's a story with a a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, which yeah is is the right way for that to tell that story, I think. Excellent stuff. Um, and if you can talk about your relationship with Vault, because um, people who have been watching how Vault have been um, evolving and growing as a, a publisher, I mean, for myself, I've just been blown away by their um, bravery. Not well, not bravery, but just real. They, they've just taken on board so many different styles of stories. They've just been really, they've gone out and not just gone for the safe stories. Um, they've really kind of experimented and looked into very unique storytellers. Um, uh, I mean, what do you find so appealing about uh, working at Vault or working with, with Vault? Um, yeah, it, it's, it is, it is that it's, it's, um, it's a different experience to working with image where image is very, um, very much you are doing your thing. Um, it, feel, it feels very hands off when I've spoken to, uh, to people. I mean, even when I've spoken to Eric Seamson himself, it's like a case of, we are a publisher. We trust our creators. We, yeah. we let them, we know what they can do. They know what they can do. If we let them play and we don't put our hands on too much, we can let them just go off and uh, it, so like explore for themselves. How's that different then to to, to Vault? Well, Vault, you have you have the team there. You have um, you have an editor, you, you know, with uh, within Adrian. Uh, you have Tim Daniels on design. You have you have more of a sort of cohesive package um, starting out. Uh, rather than rather than doing the things uh, things all yourself, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's we've had a good relationship with them. I've had a good relationship with them since back when we did Deep Roots, um, which was a blast to do, um, and more of a free. That one's more of a free form story than I than I generally tell, uh, which which I don't know would have been a great idea if I didn't have an editor there to sort of um, <laughs> pair me back and forth uh, or, to, or to sort of, t you know, guide me. Um, how, how complete was the story when you took the picture of everything else to Vault? That one's more, yeah, that one I had more of, like, that kind of, um, once I had that initial idea, it all sort of very quickly and very easily sort of um, slotted into place. Um, yeah, Kishore and I knew what we wanted to do with that already, and then Vold said, "Do you want to? Do you want to do a book?" And we said, "Yes, <laughs> we would very much like to do a book." Um, and what what was the timetable for that in terms of how long it's been kind of noodling in the back of your head, and when did they take that on? Because you, like you say, it was supposed to be out at this point. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yes, it was, but. Again, creatively, people have been slowed down. Things have not gone according to plan, all that kind of stuff. People have had different situations in different countries. We're making this book across, you know, three continents. So 
uh, it hasn't been quick, no. uh, but it's been very worth. It. I mean, also bearing in mind, like Kishore is, um, he's watercoloring the whole thing uh, because he's a lunatic. <laughs> he's sorry, he's watercoloring mean, all of it that he's not doing in acrylics. As well. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's. I mean, all, all, I, all I've all I've seen is that uh, is the cover. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. I mean, if anything, because I'm I'm a I'm in I'm a Dorian Gray fan. Um, I'm I'm a fan of the story. I'm a fan of uh, how that world. I mean, it's like you say, at the, the turn of the century. Uh, I think that's partially me being old enough to, but uh, the pair of us uh, experiencing the last turn of the century and that kind of that real transition into a new age. And that is where. I, I think I'm going to get a lot from this book because it has, from what you're describing, it's 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 a change of engine. It's a change of vibe. It's a change of um, moral standing. It's a change of so much stuff, um, purely off the back of a, a date clocking around on a calendar. Yeah. It's, um, it's, 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 an, it's an excuse for a new change, and which I think people are, will really kind of attune to 2020 moving into 2021 especially with this year that we've had i think that i think we're all looking forward to january 1 2021 yeah i mean there's also there's also the side of it where you know bearing in mind you're talking about a man who paints things which freeze freeze uh, freeze things in place um there's also an element of of Progress doesn't always go. It's not a straight line. It doesn't go forward and forward and forward. It, it sometimes it slides backwards. And I think particularly now we're starting to feel. So I'm, you know, looking at the sort of Supreme Court appointments looking in the states, looking at, at certain things that are happening over here. Um, yeah, it doesn't always feel like we're progressing in the right direction um, <laughs> so there's a terror i think as well to to when things start to accelerate uh, and mm. things start to start to get a little fast and start to tumble down a little bit more and i think the beginning of the 20th century was full of a lot of hope and a lot of excitement and i mean the world fair happened in the um in paris and they built the eiffel tower for that and and all that kind of stuff it was all you know look at the look at the bright electric future we're about to have um and then 14 years later you had uh you had the first world war you had and then you know you had the whole first half of that century being bloodshed across across that city in particular yeah um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I think there's a lot to talk about. That's it. Sounds fascinating. I'm 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 down for that. Um, and then uh, you've got um, this book, which um, you sent me today. Uh, I have yet to really get my head around because uh, what you're doing with Homesick Pilots is, uh, I mean, no, well, number one, it looks amazing. Uh, uh, the the, the gang that you've got involved uh, in uh, my god it's a, it's a it's a hell of a lineup um if you can give us the uh, what your what the story is for homesick pilots please uh so homesick pilots is about um i mean the sort of 
top line easy sort of pitch is that it's it's about um teenage punks pilot piloting a uh, haunted house as a mecca is what it is what it's sort of all about in the first arc um but it, a lot of the first arc is how we sort of get get to that place which is like if you i think yeah if you flick through you can see the the house walking um it's about teenage punks who breaking into break into a, a house to try and find somewhere to throw a throw a cool gig uh and it turns out it's a haunted house and it starts doing all sorts of horrible things <laughs> um yeah it's it's definitely drawing on my own sort of <laughs> misspent youth more than anything else I've done. Um, there's a few anecdotes and things in there that are truer than I would care to admit. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, drawing on a lot more sort of like manga influence and sort of, uh, yeah. Stuff that, that most of my <laughs> most of my work most of my work's a little bit more I don't know what the word is baroque maybe uh, that's a good word for it no that, that that's I was trying to think of a word you, you could use and I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head on that one <laughs> yeah someone someone said that to me the other day I was like oh I'll, I'll take that but yeah this, this, <laughs> that, this that goes on that goes on the business card yeah uh, no I, to be fun, to be honest like part of the you know I, I don't want to take away from how much this this book is very much a, a, a me and Casper sort of collaboration in that it wouldn't happen any other way. It's it's very much um, the two of us. When uh, the two of us make a style of book, which neither of us, I think, make individually, um, which which is which is cool, cool to come back to um, sort of four years down the line after Limbo. Um, but definitely part of the, the con one of the conception points for this was uh, Aditya uh, Bedekar, who is the letter on the book and the letterer on uh, most of my creator own stuff. Um, he and I were in uh, Goa, <laughs> uh, drinking cheap beers on a on a very beautiful beach, and we were talking about sort of like projects and what kind of things we wanted to do and stuff. And he said to me, like, I would really like. To, he said to me that he'd really like to see what a pop song book look like from me rather than sort of everything being sort of big and baroque um and i don't really have a pop song i don't really have a pop sensibility but i definitely have a a, a punk rock one so i one of the questions i was going to ask was what is your go-to karaoke track <laughs> Oh man, it'd be it'd be something by the Cure, inevitably. Um, oh wow! Yeah, but I say oh wow, but that's no, I'm not surprised by that. Actually, no. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, um, maybe love song. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, homesick home violence is, is 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 my sort of attempt to do a. A punk pop song maybe uh book something that's a lot cleaner and a lot sort of just it's just a lot of fun um it's got haunted houses that walk it's got ghosts that sort of have different powers and transfer that onto sort of different people um it's got the kind of people that i grew up with for for better and for worse for sure um that scene was 
such a huge part of my teen life. I mean, it was it was pretty much all encompassing of my teen life, and it, it sort of saved me and also killed me <laughs> in different ways. Keep a track on what I'm scrolling through. I don't want to go too far forward and um, uh, ruin anything. So let us know where I'm, where I am with uh, where I'm scrolling through. Because I mean, I'm just just to share the, the artwork which um, uh, Casper's doing, which is yeah, just yeah. I, I mean, not it's also just the, it, it looks gorgeous. The color palette's nicely suited to the uh, the, the the tones which you, you're going for. Um, it, I. To be fair, I mean, what kind of? I mean, it's like you say, you, you're you're aiming for pop, but it's more your '90s Nirvana pop. It's it's kind of like your the sub pop. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's um. Yeah, I mean, if you if you could pick three bands that you would say would ideally soundtrack this oh man just three <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll go for it knock yourself i mean is there a spotify list for this thing not yet I'm, there will be not yet there, there definitely will be i'm sure we'll, we'll put that out sometime before the before the book drops i don't know there's a lot of books referenced in the book i'm trying to trying to think who we talk about talk about Fugazi. Uh, the Descendants. There's a, there's a big argument about the Ramones. <laughs> um, yeah, say, I was I was thinking Pixies when I read it. Pixies, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's a sort of sort of um, mash between the sort of punk and the grunge and the metal stuff, uh, which was I think how. It always kind of was as a as a teenager. It was always uh, you had sort of people who were who were very sort of dogmatic about it. Yeah, yeah. We should probably <laughs> stop. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to go any further than this. Yeah, yeah, exclusive. Yeah, exclusive pages. Um, yeah, I, I will leave it right. We won't go any further than that. But um, yeah, the, the color palettes um, is just been. It, it just looks amazing. Um, yeah, and, I mean, uh, yeah. Casper doing. If you just like let Casper do his thing. He's, you know, he's just the best. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he always has been. Um, just don't let him hear me say that. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Sim Simmer, nineteen eighty, um, uh, basically suggesting, okay, cure karaoke post lockdown or should <laughs> post uh, COVID. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I could imagine that when or if this would have been launched. Um, a convention or something or if you were getting the word out for this there would have been a, a live element to this because it does feel very vibrant in that regard um, yeah, done stuff. It, I, I, like if if you know if it was more feasible like i would have tried to put together a sort of like record and everything but yeah, yeah this year was not <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, uh, i mean with this book as well i mean the, the other books that i've read of yours they're very um, and I hope I'm not um, uh, reading wrong <laughs> the books that you've done, but I, for myself, I, I feel that they're very uh, introspective. They are very much about um, the personal drives of your characters. It's very much a, a, an introspective kind of uh, uh, a take on what you do. I mean, that's the reason why Barack, I think, is a very good term for that. But this is very much a, a, it's a crowd. This feels like a gang, um, which is, I, I think, a, a really... It's it's a great 
sensibility for right now. Uh, to the, there is that vibe of a, a kind of a, a gang coming together. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, uh, I think we're going to need a fair bit of that uh, moving <laughs> forward. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it is. It, it is about that. It's about being a teenager and sort of finding your finding your tribe uh, and how that is a sort of really exhilarating but quite scary thing. And there's all these suddenly these rules like in a scene like that there's all these rules you suddenly have to navigate and stuff which no one's going to tell you about ahead of time and i think any kind of social group has that kind of trial by fire element especially when you're a teenager and everything is so life or death i think that's yeah. a big book is the idea that we're taking stuff which feels life or death and making it actually life or death <laughs> And you say this is an ongoing. Um, yeah. uh, what's the kind of what? What have you got in mind? What What have the, the what you and Casper got in mind for the book? What's been mapped out already? How far have you gone in terms of uh, planning uh, homesick pilots for moving forward? I mean, yeah, it's it's um, planned out at least. We know what book two is. Um, we know where our endpoint is. Um, but yeah, um, we'll see. I think is the. <laughs> I I know it's it's difficult to kind of. Uh, I mean, we everyone has ambitious plans, and everyone wants their books to be uh, the big enough success to take forward. And um, obviously, uh, it, it's it's a case of uh, seeing how it's responded and how it will move forward. I personally think yeah. this will be. I think this will go well. I think this will go yeah. down very well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you always hope so, but. Um, but to be honest, I always kind of also have a thing of I never want things to outstay their welcome. Um, like a good pop song. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, like a good, you know, good punk rock song. Like you know, the best ones are all under like a minute. Yeah, I'm just uh, gonna say, be, be careful that you're basically describing a four done and done. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are. That's how you just you you want an album of these. Yeah, you want uh, an album. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's. I know I never want it to sag. I never want it to sort of feel feel like it's overstaying its welcome. Um I'm I'm a big fan of sort of cutting things and, and moving forward and, and stuff. But this book I think has a lot of there's a lot of places to go. There's a lot of fun to be had uh with the premise. Um we'll do it we'll do it for as, as long as we can, I think. <laughs> uh, this is the first time I've written towards the ongoing, I think, rather than written towards the volume. I've always liked treating books that graphic the graphic novel is like like a novel. Um Coffinbound is extremely that. Coffinbound was always it was always gonna be a book a year. Yeah. Um that, that's a that's a novel in itself. Like we've done two arcs, um one to four issues one to four and four um five to eight, but they're very different books. Uh, I mean, the book. The book's called Coffinbound, and every volume. So every volume is about a death. So yeah. we we always, by nature of the book, had to move protagonist <laughs> because otherwise we'd just be lying in the title, which doesn't yeah. feel like the right way to go if you want readers to trust you. Um. So I've yeah, I've always been a really big fan of just of treating the graphic novel as a novel and then moving on to the next sort of phase in in the book. Whereas Homesick Pilots is a little bit less that that's this is a little bit more just hitting the ground running and telling one big long story, which is weird because when I was reading this first issue, um, 
I, I put a tweet out uh, the other day that um, I was cutting back on my um, uh, uh, comic uh, list at my um, comic book shop, uh, purely due to funds at this point. Um, but I am a big, uh, I'm not so big on trades. I'm not a massive trades fan. I'm a fan of the floppy issue. I'm a, a fan of the the episodic. Uh, I'm a fan of the uh, the the, the the, the issue you, you get each month and the anticipation of the story moving forward. And what, when I got, uh, when I was reading Homesick Pilots, the, the speed and the, 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 the energy in, of the, the book, um, it like you, I mean, you were talking about the, 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 the punk sensibility in that two, two minute punk song. That's how it felt. It felt like a real kind of a shot of <laughs> adrenaline, um, which is, which is, <laughs> Which is why I'm 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 curious to see how the book is going to read over a trade um, uh, length when you do kind of sit down and have six seven or six issues in a trade or whatever. Um, whereas I'm I'm really enjoying the idea of that kind of that short sharp hit every month or so or every every month when the book comes out. Oh, I mean, thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you're always. I mean. You know, I sort of say that these things. You're always writing towards both. You've always got an eye on both. It's it's part of the part of the art. There's the nature monthly. of the book. Yeah, nature yeah. of the form. Yeah, it's nature nature of writing monthly. Like you always want the the issue to feel like a unit in itself. Um, I mean, every scene should be a unit, and you know, without getting too much into sort of craft, <laughs> every scene should be a unit in itself. So you should be able to chop stuff up and 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 do it episodically or do it as one big story if you're if you're doing it right. I think. Um, so yeah, um, I think it will be a fun read either way. Cool. Um, we have, I mean, you, you've kind of told us that the books are coming out in December. Have you got dates for both books? And uh, are they coming, are they coming out the same week, man? <laughs> they are not. Homesick Pilots is December the 9th and picture of everything else is, I think, the week after, so that would make it the 16th. Uh, I'm going to Google it. I'm just going to Google it right in front of everyone. <laughs> that, that would be a nice Christmas present for uh, for anybody. A nice uh, Dan Waters uh, in a bag. There you go. Both, yeah. both books yeah. as a Christmas present. Yeah, here's some horrible murders. Uh, <laughs> here's some here's some ni nice neon horrible murders for you in Homesick Pilots, and here's some lovely watercolour Horrible murders for you. <laughs> um, In other yeah. words, perfect December, Christmas. December sixteenth uh, is is the picture of everything else. Fair enough. Um, obviously, these books were planned before um, uh, COVID and before yeah, at the beginning of the year. Um, but we've been seeing so many people looking at the way that the industry has been changed and the way that things have happened over the course of the summer. Um, and so many people have been looking at other ways of connecting with their audience. Has crowdfunding been something that's appealed, or is it anything that uh, other creative-owned stuff to go direct to an audience via crowdfunding? Is that something that's appealed to you, or are you quite happy with the, the homes that you've found with your books? Yeah, to be honest, um, it's not really been something I've considered because just because my slate is about as full as I can manage as far as create our own stuff. And I think also as far as like, you know, you don't want to start putting stuff out 
um, more more than people sort of want. You you want to. I never I never want to put out sort of too much stuff. I'd rather put out stuff that I'm I'm really sort of had time to think about and consider sure. and, and spent spent my time on. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I have because I have homes. Um, you know, I'm lucky. I have good relationships with my publishers and and things. Um, to be honest, if I was going to crowdfund, it probably wouldn't be comics. Um, it would be something else. Uh, it would be it would be theater, or it would be film, or it would be it would be yeah something more uh, more visual. Not not more visual in comics. Comics are visual, but more uh, <laughs> live. Okay. It sounds like you've had a little bit of a think about that. Um... You never know. We, we may see something maybe in the new year. That that would be interesting. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, and I think we'll uh, kind of wrap up with uh, a little bit of a plug for an episode that's on the way, uh, which is uh, the White Noise Studios special that we're going to be doing um, next month. Is it next month? Yeah, end of next month. Yes. Uh, which I'm, I'm looking. Oh, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, and the way that um, you guys have been. Like I say, evolving. I mean, where I I was I I tweeted that I was there pretty much from the start. I don't think that was the case. I think there was, I think there was a good couple of months or whatever um, when you uh, you came together and kind of your coming out party is white noise. Um, <laughs> but it, but it's been so exciting to see um, how you and the guys have uh, been pretty much taking over comics um, and the way that you've been all evolving what you're doing um and really kind of growing in in so many different directions and yeah. expanding yeah. and expanding and expanding your work um ha have you been able to keep in touch i mean I'm, I'd, I'd love the idea that when you all come on to this uh, episode that we're doing it's going to be some kind of like grand reunion because you haven't spoken <laughs> to each other for ages to be honest we talk every day um we i mean in in a group chat like there's a lot of uh you know a lot of um back and forth on, on all sorts of things um we yeah we we keep in we keep in touch literally every day i would say uh which has kind of always been the the nature of the studio it's halfway between sort of um fire in which to um put your irons and, and have stuff you know, have your work really forged in sort of brutal uh, peer <laughs> feedback, and and it's also and it's also totally a support group. It's it's us, uh, you know, trying to trying to band together against um, against everything right now. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the truth is, we're just writers that really sort of respected each other's work and really wanted to sort of push things and create frankly to create the kind of comics that we're now making um so yeah. it, it's, it's always felt like a very sort of natural easy thing cool and what's been the guy's uh, reaction to uh to the books uh to homesick pilots and the picture of everything else what's been what's been the uh, the banter that's been going on about those books no they can't stand the... it <laughs> I, I, I can Ram's imagine. I, I, I can imagine Ram has really embraced uh, picture, and I can imagine. Oh, no, he's, Alex he's, has he's furious. I'm doing anything that's Victorian horror. 
okay. No, he's not. Um, <laughs> no, you know, these Savage Shores is a, you know, was a was a hell of a book. Um, yeah. And we're sort of, yeah, we're a little bit in that space, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Those guys, those guys have been there since I had those ideas. So it's it's a, it's a slightly strange thing as well when you're sort of. You you know you sort of go to the guys and you're like here look here's a finished thing and like they're like yeah we know we saw we saw the scripts <laughs> we saw the pencils we saw the inks we saw the colors like we've we've read this four times um, <laughs> we we've told you what to do to improve it and you haven't yeah. listened <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no, oh, I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get to make uh, I don't think. The books would be would be quite what they were if we didn't have that that whole group um chiming that's in that's cool that's away really cool. that's really cool right so i mean we'll let you get off and enjoy the rest of your evening uh homesick pilots through image the picture of everything else uh through vault is there anything else that you can talk to us about any other books that uh, you've got uh, uh, you know, coming out anything that's superman, uh, happening at the moment superman wonder woman in in january um January and February, two issue uh, with uh, Leila Del Luca oh, wow. uh, and Jordi Belair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got it. We got a, a hell of a team on on, on that one. Holy um, shit! <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, yeah. That's that's the most sort of fun I've I've had uh, doing something superhero. We haven't done too much superhero -y stuff. No. I've played DC Universe a lot, but not not with superheroes so much. I've done villains and I've done demons and i've done uh that sort of end of things uh, and to be honest i was really really chuffed when they asked me to do this one in particular because i know that i sort of have that sensibility and i have that sort of uh that style um and you know i and i have that i have that reputation for a reason because i i sort of i really enjoy that stuff but to change pace and do and do something that's just really optimistic and doing big heroes and big adventures um i'm really excited to do that what what was that like to kind of change those gears and kind of uh head into those that that kind of world i saw storytelling um yeah it's all yeah it, it was it was it was nice it, it felt nice what kind of right <laughs> nice um it was it was it was just cool um i love superheroes i love superman um i don't track with anyone who says superman's boring or hard to write or any of that stuff i just spent two I've years never under, i've never understood that never understood that for, uh, at all i mean there are some way you can kind of misstep and i mean i think for the the, the, the obvious one is superman returns for um brian singer who just wanted to do a uh, Dick Donner impression, and I'm sorry, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to create your own vibe to the thing. Um, I mean, everything everything um, the heart of the thing, and if you, if you, yeah, maybe if you try and find someone else's someone else's truth, then that's not going to ring as 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 well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I spent two years writing. Uh, near omnipotent devil who doesn't give a shit about any of his supporting characters so after that superman's a <laughs> superman's a a, a double 
Excellent stuff. No, looking forward to that. That's going to be great. And like you say, a hell of a creating that you've got involved on that. So that's incredible. Um, where's the best place for people to keep a track on what you're doing in terms of your books? Is there a, a newsletter? Is there a, a website? Is it your Twitter? Where's Where's the best place? Twitter point the best people? place to find me for sure. Um, any of that other stuff will get linked through my Twitter. So um, at Dan PG Waters. Uh, yeah, there you go. You were you were prepared. You had that ready. I try my best. <laughs> it's up there on screen. Dan yeah. PG Waters um, on Twitter. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Uh, I mean, like I say, I, th I think everyone's going to be really excited to see more uh, pages and more um, stuff coming through about, certainly about Homesick Pilots for myself, uh, purely off the back that I've seen the first issue uh, now. Um, and yeah, I can't wait for the uh, Spotify playlist. I think it's time you need to yeah, I think, spend, I think spend, spend an evening and just um, plug away at that. Yeah, Casper and I will have a, have a good fight over that. So that's... Uh... <laughs> Excellent stuff. Dan, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I, I'm, like I say, excited for um, all the books coming forward. And like I say, let's put that back up on the screen because it's, it's a gorgeous cover as well. Uh, coming from Image, um, Homesick Pilots. Um, do go check that out. Um, again, thank you very much indeed for coming on. And uh, yeah, looking forward to um, our uh, special episode uh, talking to you, the rest of the, uh, the White Noise guys. Yeah, see you next month. Excellent stuff. Um, Thank you very much indeed for watching, everybody. Um, you can find out more about what I get up to, of course, at um, theconventioncollective.com. Um, you can keep an eye on what Dan's up to on his um, Twitter. And, of course, uh, you can uh, watch uh, every Sunday with Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, our usual Sunday show. This week, uh, we're going to be talking to uh, the guys behind um, a new UK comics house, uh, which is something when I got the email through, I almost didn't believe it was true. Uh, but um, no, really excited to uh, to talk to um, uh, not only the the person who's um, put the, uh, the 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 group together, uh, the 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 actual uh, the 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 label together, but also uh, we're going to be uh, talking to a whole bunch of the uh, the people behind it. Uh, so that's Max Gagney. Uh, so we're going to be talking to Ramsey, Julian Parry, and Simon Delafond, and then of course all the rest of the uh, the lineup we've got up on uh, screen, including. Sunday, the 29th of November, White Nose Studios with Alex Pagnadel, Ram V, Ryan O'Sullivan, and Dan Waters. And that is our show. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for our incidental episode. Do take care. Enjoy the rest of your uh, evening. And hopefully you can join us on Sunday for Talking Con, a cup of tea with Englishman San Diego. Take care. Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, is a production of The Convention Collective. Visit The Convention Collective for all of your convention news and updates. And support the podcast at patreon.com, Englishman SDCC.